This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 103, 103 of Small Talk. Michelle Smallman and Steve Cerruti here with you. And Cerruti, my man, last time we talked, you had a power outage. Life was not going well for you. So a week later, give us an update. How you been? Uninterrupted grid for Saruti. I feel good about it. Life has been back to normal. A lot of trees down, a lot of branches down. So I've been doing some cleanup around the house. But other than that, I'll take that as long as I have power. I don't care. Yeah, we've had some really rough storms here in the Midwest, too. I know my friends in Iowa dealt with a tornado. We had some brutal flash flooding here in St. Louis, some lightning action. So whatever you guys were dealing with on the East Coast, it came our way. Do you get tornadoes around there? Because we get tropical storms that you know, sometimes hurricanes will come up the coast or whatever. We got a tornado warning when that thing went down. That was the first time I ever remember getting a tornado warning in my entire life in the Northeast. But I feel like that's just like another Wednesday in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why we have basements, man. Basement living, because you never know when a tornado can rip through this. You've seen uh, Twister, right? Oh, yeah. Great movie. I, heard, I, think they're, I think they're remaking that movie, by the way. I, I believe I read that, of course, because that's just the most 2020 thing ever. It's like, let's remake a great movie that was already great. That is one of my biggest bugaboos. Can you think of a movie that the remake is better than the original ever? Oh, that's a, you know what? Maybe we should do that on a future podcast or sequels that are better than the original. But I can't think of a remake. I'm sure somebody is going to tweet us and be like, you idiot, what about this movie? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. By the way, we'll definitely get tweets because a couple of weeks ago we talked about Incubus and I said, oh, Make Yourself was their first album. And I got like 30 DMs being like, actually, it's not their first album. It's like their third album and we expected you to know better. Wow. Just the yeah. disrespect, the lack of knowledge. And you're just, you just didn't expose as a not a true Incubus fan. Well, that's what I said. I was like, my apologies. Feel free to call me out. But Steve has anointed me an Incubus person. I don't claim to be well, an Incubus person. <laughs> the amount of times you bring up Incubus has made you into an Incubus person. I didn't do that. You did that. But a quick, by the way, a quick Google search here. Uh, movie remakes that were better than the originals. The Wizard of Oz. Did you know that was even a remake? No. And like, you want to talk about the disrespect? <laughs> Put some respect on Judy Garland's name. Well, no, I guess the original one, what, was 1925? And then there was a, the remake was 1939, which was the one that everybody knows. So, sure, oh. I guess I, I learned something today. There you go. Oh, Wait, stop. You're telling me the Judy Garland Wizard of Oz was the reboot? I think so. Hold no, on. Let me just verify no, no, this. No, that can't be right. I'm bad with my timelines. So, hold on. 1939, that seems about when that movie came out, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the original one was in, yeah, okay. Is Dorothy, Dorothy Gale, right, in The Wizard of Oz, 1939. The original one came out in 1925. Okay, wow. Mind blown. Now it's dropped. Literally brain explosion. Didn't know it was a remake. Also didn't know her full name was Dorothy Gale. I mean, who knew? Sure, yeah, I didn't know that either. I mean, when's the last time you, I, I haven't seen that movie in, I don't know, definitely a decade, probably more. Um, yeah, probably. It was on heavy rotation when I was a kid. It was- Oh, yeah. That tape constantly near the VCR, loved Definitely. me from Wizard of Oz, would fast forward through the monkey scene, the witch really freaked me out. But Dorothy does not get enough respect for being one of the OG one name people. Like now we have Beyonce, we have Rihanna, <laughs> you know, you have Kanye, you have people who are known by one name, Prince. She was the original one namer, Dorothy. Everybody knew who she was. Dorothy Gale, we didn't even know she had a last name. Uh, I mean, Shakespeare was probably, came before her. I think totally. most people know Shakespeare. Hold you on, know, though. You Caesar, know Caesar was, I mean, come on. No. She was not the first. She no, was no, not no, no, nowhere no, near no. the first. William Shakespeare, Caesar Augustus, you know their full no, name. No, 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 no. But, okay, I guess if you only know Dorothy their one Gale? name. But if you, just say, if you just say Caesar or Shakespeare, you know who they're talking about. Like, I'm talking about one name wonders. And I don't know. Dorothy, you're right. I don't think many people would know that her last name was Gale. I couldn't name anyone else in that show other than, like, the random character. What is it? The, the Tin Man? The Lion? Who's the other one? Scarecrow? Well, Steve, I don't think that they had government names. Am I, don't I think missing the Man was like, you know, Will Smith. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. That's true. He probably didn't have a social security number. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but wow, we started well, I got this more. podcast hot. We came in hot with this podcast with some facts. I got more. Star is Born. I forget. That was like a three-time remake. I think that was remade by Barbara Streisand in like the, what, 70s or something. And then it okay. was obviously remade for a third time with uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper in 2008. So I, I don't know, I haven't seen the original, but people say, yeah, the original one came out in 1937. So there have been two since then. Wow. I don't know, you, you know my take on everything that's old. I don't think many things hold up or anything is timeless. So I would imagine that, I think that that Star is Born is the best one of them all. Yeah, if it's got Lady Gaga in it, and this is no disrespect to Babs, but Lady Gaga. Freaky, Freaky Friday, Lindsay Lohan is a remake. 
Yes, uh, it was. Sure. Ocean's Eleven. Uh, again, didn't see the original, but I can't believe that it would be better than Ocean's Eleven, like the one that we know with, with my boy George Clooney and Brad Pitt. So what's up? Wait, your boy George Clooney? My boy George Clooney. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a stupid thing, but everyone's boy George Clooney. That was just, I, sh I can't claim George Clooney. If you don't like George Clooney, I don't like you. The Departed was a remake? This is incredible. So yes, there are just a couple of movies that may have been better. The sequel may have been better. Or the remake, I should say, may have been better. Okay, yeah. I mean, you really just ran through several off the top of, <laughs> of you know, one Google search. So I'm sure there is, but it's just like, is there nothing unique anymore? Does anyone have a unique point of view or a unique story to tell? No, the answer is no, because it's, just, it's harder to make. I mean, Rosillo has talked about this and, you know, because he's just a big time writer now. He's talked about this. It's harder to just sell a unique, new, creative pilot for an episode or movie concept because it could flop, right? And studios are just not willing to take the chances that they used to. Like Star Wars, if you came up with Star Wars today, if George Lucas pitched that to a studio, they'd be like, no, that's, that's stupid. We're not doing that. But that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, if Harry Potter wasn't a book that didn't have worldwide mm -hmm. massive success, imagine getting in a room and pitching that to a studio being like, okay, hear me out. Orphaned kid lives under the stairs, an owl comes, he British. gets in <laughs> British. He gets into a wizard school. There's these non-wizard people. We're gonna call them muggles. And trust me, there's a lot of shit that happens in between. Yeah. And it's a good versus evil love story, familial story, and it's gonna be a big hit. I think people would be like, mm, pass. Oh yeah, for sure. And that actually sucks because there haven't been very many movies and things that I've been super excited about recently. But I wanted to ask you this. I forgot about this. I forgot to ask you in the pre-show meeting. Are you going to pay 30 bucks for the Mulan live action remake on Disney Plus? Just because you get Disney Plus doesn't mean you get it. You have to actually pay for it. But 30 bucks, I don't know. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Have any of the live action remakes been better than the animated versions? What have there been? Aladdin? I didn't see it. Beauty and the Beast? Haven't seen it. What's another one? There's definitely one more, right? Uh, oh, Jungle Lady and Book. Jungle, oh, Jungle Book was good, but I, I wouldn't say it's better than the original. Lady and the Tramp, which I saw parts of because my mom was watching it one time. There's um, a live action Lady and the Tramp remake? Yeah, again, you don't need live action dogs. It was kind of dumb. But I will say Mulan, sneaky, underrated Disney movie. Yeah, it's great. But I just am assuming that the live action remake is not going to be better than the animated original. Therefore, I will pocket my 30 bucks and I will not watch it. And here's the thing is I always say this to my wife, Maddie, it's going to be free at some point. So I'll just wait it out. I'll wait it out till it's free. Yeah, that's like the classic, hey, I don't see it in theaters. I'll wait till it gets to HBO. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, hard left, Steve, but I have an update for you that I need to get your take on, if okay. you don't mind. I love it. Go ahead. Fire away. So, <laughs> I had something happen to me, and I kind of don't know what the approach is, and I just want your general perspective on this practice, or this, <laughs> I don't even know what to call it, but anyway, so, you know, we have people who engage with us all the time because of the podcast and we love speaking with people about the pod. It's so fun. But I got this DM the other day on Instagram. Uh-oh. A guy slid in. Never a good start. It, well, also at 324 a.m. Okay. Definitely so, not a great start. What is definitely a burner account. And here is the message, Steve. Hi, Michelle, comma, would you be interested in selling pictures of your feet for $300? Question mark. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. No, hey, Michelle, like big fan, love this pod, love the radio show. Just right in there with, let me get a picture of your feet for 300 bucks. He said, hello, salutations. Here's what I want. Question mark. Grammar Listen, was correct. Punctuation was correct. Burner account was non-threatening. It was one photo of him looking away so you can't see his face. The next one was a, a golden retriever. It's definitely a fake name on here, but I thought, first of all, ew. Second of all, 300 bucks? Well, I have so many questions. Yeah, is that the going rate for a foot picture? I don't know. Because I'll send you a picture of my feet for 300 bucks, whatever. I don't care. Who cares? So I asked my friend Lux, who has been on this podcast before. She works at The Point, the alternative station here in St. Louis. And on the morning show there, they talk about feet and they call them patoots. <laughs> so wait, 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 hold on, hold on. They talk about feet like just, what, what do you mean they talk about feet? So I don't know the full context, but Rizzuto, one of the members of the show, I think thinks feet are gross and he calls them patoots. And they talk about how people, when they wear sandals, they'll say like patoots out and people will tweet them pictures of people's feet out in the wild, you know, like at a restaurant or something and be like patoots out. 
I mean, feet are gross. I, I would back him up on that. I mean, I'm not yeah. gross enough to like not want to see them in public. I, it's okay if someone wears sandals around me, but just don't put your foot in my face. I've never understood, like it goes back to the Rex Ryan thing with his foot fetish. I've never understood foot fetishes, period. I don't understand what is sexy about the foot, but man, whatever floats your boat, I don't care. But here's the thing. Yes. Okay. Is $300 the right amount of money? Is that the going rate for a foot pick from someone who, you know, obviously is you is a well-known blue check mark. What's up celebrity. I don't know. It could be, it sounds a little bit low to me and the balls on this guy, I guess you're right. If it's a burner account, it probably doesn't matter, but you just come out and be like, Hey, could I have a picture of your feet for 300 bucks? I wonder if he actually thought about that DM, you know, maybe he has a bunch of them lined up and he just fired off 10 of them. To, you know, the 10 famous women that he knows and follows. Okay. Well, I asked Lux about this to circle back because they talk about it all the time on that station. I assumed that she had been hit up for this at some point. And she says, oh, people ask me for that all the time, but I've only ever been offered 50 to 100 bucks. She's like, 300 bucks? That is high. So you got to take that maybe. <laughs> Here's the thing. Is that weird? Because technically you could be considered a model, right? Someone is paying for pictures of you, your feet. So you're a foot model. I don't know. You could literally put that on your resume. Like Michelle Smallman hosts a small talk acclaimed radio host in St. Louis, also a foot model. You could go one of two ways, right? It could be like Zoolander. They have hand models, right? They're yep. just a different breed. Um, I could start encasing my feet in glass <laughs> or preserve them for my burgeoning career. But I did hit a bunch of my friends up about this. And one of them said, that's prostitution. That could be considered prostitution. No I way. Go, I go, how could it be considered prostitution? I was like, if this guy's going to gain pleasure from it, I could post a picture of my feet in the sand on Instagram and just be like, hashtag summer, hashtag waves, hashtag waves don't die, hashtag Kanye or whatever. And he could use that nice. as his fodder and I'm not going to get paid for it. So at least if somebody is going to, you know. Well, no, I get her point though. She's saying that because there is a transaction and he is probably gonna have some sexual gratification from this. That is then prostitution. I wouldn't go that far because here's the thing. If he, if this same guy said to you, hey, Michelle, would you mind sending me one of your headshots? Cause I'm sure, you know, I mean, that's what people in the industry have. They have headshots, right? Would you mind sending me a headshot? I'll give you 300 bucks. I wouldn't consider that prostitution. So what's the big deal about feet? Part of me thinks, ooh, gross. I'm not gonna send you a picture of something on my body for your gratification. But then I get people all the time, Steve, who will text into the show, who will message me and say, hey, I uh, listen to your voice on the radio and pleasure myself to it. And I'm like, well, where's my cut? Jesus, you know? At least this guy's offering me some money for it. And feet to me are so non-sexual. He could ask for a picture of my knee or something. <laughs> I was just going to ask that. What is the least sexual part of any body? It's Oh, it has to be a knee. Knees are disgusting. Like knees, what is a knee? Feet are more disgusting than knees. No. What do you mean? Feet are sweaty. They're in shoes all day. At least <laughs> knees see the light of day. I don't no. think knees are disgusting. Feet are way more disgusting. From a visual standpoint, just from a visual standpoint, a knee is, I mean, I'm looking at it now. It's it's just a blob that rotates mm. back and forth. It's not cute at all. Yeah, but, but knees are like, but knees are pretty hit or miss. You can either have nice knees or kind of like weird bulky knees. So, right. but feet are universally kind of gross. I don't think anyone ever wants feet anywhere near them, right? Anywhere near their face or anything, unless if you're that's you're into that thing like this guy. But if a knee was in my face or around I, around me, I wouldn't be bothered by it. I would be bothered by a foot being near me. You know what I found to be so disgusting lately, and I don't know if it's because when people have masks on, I've been more hyper aware of it. But when guys have really hairy ears, it <laughs> makes me want to throw up. Um, I have reached the point in my life where I have to check, not in my ear, but just, you know, yeah. as you get older, you get a little more hairy. It happens. It's, you yeah, know, guys, totally. what's up? I know it's just a physical thing, but some of them are so long and they're coming out of their ears. And I'm like, you may be single, but if you are not, your significant other should handle this for you. Because say, hey, babe ear hair. You got to trim it up. You totally got to figure agree. something out. I would gift them some laser hair removal, perhaps for a birthday or for Christmas. I would just say, you might not think this is a problem, but I promise you other people are thinking it. This is going to come off sounding like really shitty, but I'm going to say it anyway. Please do. Have you ever looked at someone? And again, I'm not trying to be a dick, but have you ever looked at someone and go, do you not look in the mirror ever? Because I agree with you on the ear hair thing, but also the unibrow situation. My dad, for example, and I, I can say this about him because I love my dad, doesn't care at all about aesthetics. And he just will have these huge unibrow hairs in there. I'm like, dad, what's going on here? Clean it up. And I'm like, mom, 
you got to tell him or figure this out. He's not supposed to look like a slob walking around. So what's going on? So uh, that is something I think about a lot of times. I see, I'm like, has this person, did they just wake up in the morning and like their daily routine, brush your teeth, whatever, take a shower, this, this, and that. Do they not look in the mirror before they go out? I think they look in the mirror, but they don't care. They're blind think, to it. I think you're looking in the mirror to brush your teeth. And that is an action that you're taking. You're not looking in the mirror to be like, oh, okay, what, you know, what can I mm-hmm. fix up here? It's okay. Do I have toothpaste on my face? No, we're out. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But the ear hair thing, I get it because it's on the side. So maybe you don't necessarily see it, but it is on your significant other. So keep that shit under control. I think that one of the greatest things you can do when you love someone is alert them to things like that. You know, mm-hmm. there's something very primal about the grooming aspect of someone that you love, right? You'll say to them, hey, fix your hair this way or whatever. If I had something like that, I would expect my spouse to tell me. Not everyone is open to that though, Michelle. And I'm lucky enough to have a wife who is and isn't. I'm a truth teller. I'm not trying to pull a Will Cain here, but if something's wrong, I'll point it out, right? Or if I think something doesn't look right, I'll point it out. And I want my significant other, my wife or whoever I'm with to point the same out to me, to hold me accountable, to keep me in check, right? Otherwise, it's worse for me in the long run. You know what I mean? That's part of the job. I couldn't agree more. If you have something stuck in your teeth, if you're having a salad at lunch and you got some kale in there, say, hey, you got some kale in your teeth. I would so much rather someone tell me because I wouldn't be embarrassed if they told me. I'd be like, thank you for telling me so that you're not staring at it for the next hour as I'm trying to tell you a story about getting a DM asking for feet pics. It's just people helping people. That's all that is. Just be aware. How do we even get into this? Anyway, back to the feet. I wouldn't judge you for it. Here's the thing too is how is anyone ever going to know it's your feet? So even if they're like, hey, this is Michelle Smallman's feet, you'd be like, no, they're not. What are you talking about? Right. Okay. So I thought about this for so long because my, of course, my initial reaction was, no, I'm not going to do it. And I definitely am not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Doors open. What if I sent him a picture of my feet? Would he notice if, he, <laughs> if we did that? Took the 300 bucks and it's actually a picture of Saruti's feet. And he's like, hey, actually, these are like kind of weirdly hairy. That's weird. Michelle is not exactly who I thought she was. Yeah. I think that your feet might not be the play, but I've had at least six girlfriends be like, hey, send him a picture of my feet and we'll split the money. You can't do that though because your name's on it. Somehow, if it comes out, you have all the liability here, right? But this guy doesn't know what my feet look like. So what does he care if it's actually me or not? You know, he's never going to see my feet. It's not like he's going to show up. Well, maybe he will show up looking for the patoots. I don't even know. But that's what's scary about it. What if I send him a picture of my feet and he likes it a little too much? And then we're in a scary situation here. But I thought about this. I'm like, it's just kind of something that he's manifesting in his mind that it's my feet, right? So if I went to like google.com images of feet and grab some like stock photos of women, with, do it. but he wouldn't know the difference. He would think it's mine. You're right. You're hundred percent right. If you just Google generic women's feet and you sent them that you collected your $300, it would, everyone would go home happy, but I don't know. I feel like you can't dupe him like that, right? If you're going to do it, you can't dupe him. Just either say no or give him the real thing. Why? It's a transaction either way. He wants pictures of feet. I want the cash. Here you go. Thank you. Goodbye. I don't know. I think that's fraudulent. I think you either that's have to go- That's what you're not comfortable with about this scenario. <laughs> the, the fact that I would send stock photos or have pictures of feet that are not my own. That's what makes you uncomfortable about this scenario. No, you got to have some integrity, Michelle. Either say no or send a picture of your feet. I don't know. The guy came out. He was very forward with you. He was very direct. 300 bucks, picture of your feet. Maybe he's negotiable. If you want 500, I'm sure he'll probably pay that too. But I think that would be a dick move if you sent him a picture of someone else's feet or stock photo feet. Okay, Mr. Integrity. Well, how is it fair that you think it's wrong if I send a stock photo of feet, but he can send it from a burner account and not show me who he really is? But because, no, you you got me in a corner here. It is. Listen, here's the thing. I'm not sexually shaming anyone. If you're into feet, be into feet. I don't really care. I don't know if you're offended by it. I'm I'm sure women are offended by that. It is kind of a weird thing. I don't know. I would feel weird sending that uh, DM. So I'm sure it's weird getting it for sure. But I don't think if you're into that kind of thing, I'm assuming you have to kind of be on the down lower about it, right? You can't be openly a foot guy. I think a lot of people are openly a foot guy. Oh, I don't know. I think you've ever met a foot person in your past. The only foot guy I know is Rex Ryan, like I said before. And Rex is so open about it. Yeah, but that's because he was outed. It was kind of by accident. And then he made a joke of it, which was the right play. But you don't know any guy friends who are like, hey, Michelle, like I'm into feet. No one would say that. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules? Probably not. Of course not, no. Jax, one of the main people on Vanderpump Rules, talks all the time about how he's into feet. That he literally like likes his wife's smelly socks and stuff like that. Is it weird if I ask you, because I have a kind of a specific answer about this. Is there a non-sexual part of the body that you are most into? 
is there a non-sexual part of a body that I am most Yeah, into? because I have an answer. Okay, what's yours? What's yours? Let me think about this for a second. This might be a cop-out, but I really like teeth. I think nice teeth are- Oh, are yeah, big. I love teeth. But like, I think I put teeth higher on the pecking order than the average person. But I think teeth go hand in hand with smile and smile can be very sexual. Smile is okay. a smile and teeth are in a mouth. Mouth is a sexual thing. No, but lips are more like a sexy thing about the mouth, not the teeth. Well, it comes with a smile. I mean, if it's you look a, at someone's lips and you're like, wow, amazing lips, and then they smile and they have a busted teeth, it's all in the mouth. It's all together. Okay, that's true. Maybe it's a cop-out answer. So I guess mine doesn't count. But if you have one, feel free to share. Because I, I understand why. Feet aren't my thing, but I understand why you could have, you know, an attraction to something weird. Okay, I have one. And I don't know if this is non-sexual or not, but I like a really big neck on a guy. Oh, like I should have really known that. A really sturdy, like tree trunk neck. Yeah, I should have known that. That is, that again, the most on-brand thing I've heard from you in a long time. <laughs> That's part of the attractive thing. Although you yeah. like a Brian Urlacher linebacker neck, yeah. like the guy who has that neck pad behind his helmet. You are into the middle linebacker, offensive guard, guy who's a little bit chunky and is well-built throughout his body, especially up top. The del You're a big deltoid person. Is there someone out there who doesn't like a good set of delts? I mean, come on. I have no delt. I have negative deltoids, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> you have negative delts. That's I amazing. Do. Yeah. Okay, well, now you have to think of another one because teeth is not a good one. Well, that was my answer. I don't know. Um, okay, I, one time I was. I mean, out. legs is too easy. Of course, yeah, I that's like sexual. Legs. No, but that's I don't sexual. Know. That's hands sexual. are weird. I'm not into hands. Uh, hair, I mean, hair is really important to me. I think hair is. But again, everybody likes hair, so that's not a weird thing. But I wouldn't okay. want someone to clip off a piece of their hair and send it to me for 300 bucks. What is creepier, though? If someone asked for a lock of my hair in the mail or a picture of my feet, I think oh, hair, hair might almost be creepier. Definitely hair. I instantly think because there's some voodoo stuff going on here totally. where they're going to put it in a witch's brew and start making spells and stuff. I don't know. That's, my, that's where my mind goes on that, not even the sexual aspect of it. But I would never physically give something of mine for my body to someone else. That's super weird. So a picture is actually not that bad. You know, it's funny you say that because I just had this conversation with somebody about doing um, the genetic testing, like 23andMe. Oh, I did Ancestry.com. Yeah, well, I really want to do it. And this person I was talking to was like, do not give your DNA to any company like that. <laughs> Huge mistake. And I was like, wow, you might be right. That might be kind of an interesting thing to do to give companies your DNA. Well, I've already done it. So the deed has been done. <laughs> I had people tell me that, be like, oh my God, you're going to put your DNA out there like that. I'm like, what are they going to do with it? Are we in some sci-fi movie where some company's going to make a clone of me? And that would be kind of dope. So I don't know. I'm just not a conspiracy theory guy when it comes to, that's the same thing with like the TikTok stuff. And people are like, oh, the Chinese government is stealing your information. You're like, have it. I don't care. What are they going to do with it? I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, do you think you would like your clone or that it would be your mortal enemy? Uh, I, I mean, I, would hate mine. I think I would hate a clone of me. I'd be like, get out of here. You and I are both naturally judgy people. It would not go well for us. Yeah. Cause then if I hated my clone, then I hate myself. Mm -hmm. So it would I just would... be this weird vortex of hatred. Yeah. Cause you mentioned being a twin. I'm always amazed by that. If there's someone exactly like you and what if people like that person better than they like you, that'd be a bummer. People like your twin more than they like you. That's must be a weird psychological situation. So if there was a clone of me walking around, there's a good Jake Gyllenhaal movie actually about this. Shouts out to my oh, guy, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's called Enemy, where literally there is just another guy who looks exactly like him, who he finds. He saw him in a movie or something. And he's like sitting at home in a laptop watching this movie. And he sees this guy that looks exactly like him. So he goes to find out like, who the hell is this guy that is my clone? And it's just the whole, I don't want to ruin the movie, but shouts out to Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, interesting. I think with twins, you either have this hyper competitive thing where you're close, but you secretly hate the other one, or you're so close that you can't do anything apart because there's a guilt factor. If you go on to have success, you're like, oh my God, what about, what about Claire? I can't leave her behind. <laughs> I was trying to think yeah. what, my twin's name, what would my twin's name be? Shelly. Michelle and <laughs> Melissa. I mean, it's got to be an M and an M. Like yeah. you would be like, Steve and I'm trying to think of another S name that would go with Steve. Sergio. No, 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 no. <laughs> we need something less European. Steve and even though Sergio Sarudi is a great name. It is a great name. Alliteration. Yeah. What's up? Put that in, in your back pocket. Steve and what's another boy S name? Why can't I think of one? I know. Like, Scott. Um, Steve, Steven uh, Scott. Steven Scott. Scott. There yep. you go. That's your Shel twins. 
Stephen Scott. And, and think, Michelle and Melissa. There you go. Michelle and Melissa. So we hate Scott and Melissa. No, nah, they're number one enemies. And here's the thing too, you're yeah. 100% right about twins. What if one of them is more successful? One of them gets married before the other one. I grew up with these pair of twins and luckily if they got married around the same time. They're having kids around the same time. And I can't, that was obviously planned, right? Because one of them couldn't have, got, couldn't have gotten ahead of the other one. Well, you can't really plan that. I mean, let's be real. You can't, you can try your best, but you can't really plan it. Well, what do you mean? You can plan kids. I mean, for the most what if, part. What if one of them can't have kids? You well, can't. Okay. But you know, that's obviously an extreme scenario, not extreme scenario, but yeah, they tried to have kids around the same time and they succeeded. Yeah. Again, you're either hyper competitive or you kind of stay on par with one another because you're so close and you don't want the other one to feel left behind. You shouldn't be best friends with people that are exactly the same as you. I think I would dislike my clone because I would just be like, dude, I'm, I already am myself. I want to hang out with myself. The thing I like about my friends and you is that we're different. We disagree on things and we're able to have conversations that are interesting. If I was talking to myself, that would be super boring. The only cool thing would be I'd be able to play FIFA against myself and it'd be pretty competitive games. How did I know this would somehow come back to FIFA, Steve? Yeah, it always does. It always does. I hate when people try to copy me, you know, like growing up, that was one of my pet peeves. I feel like my clone would inherently be copying me all the time. I'd be like, get your own vibe. Stop trying to copy me. Well, Even though like, my vibe is their vibe. Well, that's like the Mean Girls line of what was it? She wore hoop earrings. So she told me I couldn't wear hoop earrings because they're her thing. Yeah. Hoop earrings are her thing. Yeah. I wouldn't want him wearing the same t-shirts. I, I feel like I have my own unique style. I can't have another guy just wearing the same clothes as me. No way. Yeah. What if a guy who looks just like you, Steve went to the same party as you remember parties they were fun nice. but you went to the same party as you and had a man bun and you were like what are you doing dude hey, great call i'd be incredibly jealous and i would probably yeah. be pissed off about it yep right and then you'd be like i need to grow my hair out this is going to take years but scott's got it you know, <laughs> scott's, got <laughs> scott's the way cooler version of steve <laughs> scott's got the man bun i need to grow it back out yep. dangerous so, so i need a final verdict from you i'm not going to do it but would you, okay, you're married, so it might be different. But if a female listener sent you a DM and said, Steve, picture of your feet, 300 bucks, are you in or are you out? It's incredibly easy for me as a dude to say yes, but I would say yes. And I don't, it's, not even, it's not even like I need the money. I just think it's hilarious. Imagine having that story in your back pocket. Be like, yeah, somebody paid me 300 bucks for a picture of my feet. So I did it. I would love to get the cash and then we'll, I would go out with my friends and I'd be like, drinks are on me tonight, ladies. And they're like, for what? I'm like, <laughs> Got a side hustle. Got a new side hustle. No, just say I'm a model now. I got I got a couple gigs on the side. I'm freelancing as a model. Yeah, you could put it in your Instagram bio. You'd be like host of this podcast, foot model. Foot model, and nobody would know would be bad an eye. I'd be like Michelle. Oh my god, diversifying the portfolio, incredible. She's so talented. So I did Google this, by the way, and some feet models, foot model, feet model. Do you pluralize it? I, I don't think know. it's foot model. Well, I guess foot it would. Model. No, it'd be foot model. Yeah. Foot model. Okay, so a foot model can make up to ten thousand dollars a day. Who are they though? Are they regular models that also do their feet or are they specifically foot models? I'm interested. Okay, this is actually a good question now that I'm stumbling upon this. You're really attracted to the way the person looks and then you want a picture of their feet, right? You're not just attracted to their feet. It's not like, oh, you have pretty feet. Let me send a picture of your feet. It's no, I'm attracted to you, your face, your body. I want a picture of your feet, right? I guess. Or they could just think based on this person's height, maybe the proportions of their feet will be this. I don't really know, Steve. But here's the article and it says the very... Highest paid hand models, this is hand models, can earn as much as $10,000 a day. Okay, so that was a hand model. That's different. Feet, feet modeling doesn't pay as much because there aren't as many foot jobs, but top foot models can earn from $500 to $2,000 an hour. Which are what, like shoe commercials, I guess? What else is a foot model for? I don't know. I can't imagine there's any other work other than, I mean, again, tweet us if you know. I, you know what we should do? We should try to find a foot model and ask an interviewer or him. Um, do you think there are male foot models? Yeah, because I mean, you got to think dudes model shoes, right? But I'm not thinking of shoes when I'm thinking of a foot model. I'm thinking of a bare sole, okay? Like a barefoot, pedicured toes, looking right. Well, high I, fashion we should find out. If you know a foot model, let us know or we'll try to find one because we have a lot of questions for you. We do. And we still need to get a psychic on or an astrologist on. That was my homework and I have not delivered. So I will do that. I'm going to find that for you because we need right. to do some more interviews, okay? Um, but speaking of other things that we need to do, we tease this, so we must deliver. We've got another draft on deck. Yeah, yeah, speaking and of gross one, things. And this one's gonna be quick. It's not gonna be 25 picks each. We're only gonna do five picks each, but we need to make them count. But this week, Steve and I are going to do 
a gross word draft. And this is sort of stemmed from one of the things that we had a conversation with our friend Marv and one of the words that came up for, many, for a lot of you that listen to that podcast, you know the word that we're talking about. I won't spoil it because I'm assuming Michelle and I both have it in our list of gross words. But I'm like, there, are, there has to be a ton of words out there that, and again, we're going to have to put some parameters on this. We're not talking about words like I threw out in the pre-show, diarrhea. Diarrhea is specifically something that is gross. We're not talking about things that are gross. We're talking about words that are like adjectives or whatever that are descriptive, but aren't really meant to be gross, but you think of them, you, your mind instantly goes to the gutter. Right. Okay. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? It's your turn to go first because I went first in the, uh, in the candy draft. I think there's an obvious top two picks here. I will say that. Maybe you don't agree. I wonder if we're going to be on the same pages here. Okay, let me pull up my list here, Steve. It's in my notes. I've done some research. And I think that this is a very interesting draft because candy is certainly a personal thing, but I think a lot of people can have similar opinions on candy. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think this is so subjective. Mm -hmm. A word that I find to be disgusting, you may not be offended by in any way. So I think this is going to be really interesting to see which route we both take. Me too. Me too. I wrote down eight. So we're taking five. I wonder if there's any overlap too. There's got to be, at least at the top. Maybe, maybe. Okay. All right, go um, ahead. I don't, I see this is again, I want to make sure that I'm, t I don't want to pull a U and go Kit Kat and not Twix. Okay. This is the grossest word to me. So with the first pick, in the small talk, gross word draft, I am going phlegm. No, oh, that's a, okay. That's a good one. I don't even have that on my list. Wow. Okay. It's not just as you say the word, it sounds like what it is. It's the way the consonants go in there together. Phlegm. It's a disgusting sounding word. Anything with the GM on it is like a gloom at the end. You know, the gloom, it's disgusting. And phlegm is disgusting too. It sounds like what it is. What's the spelling on that? F-L-E-G-M? Oh, Steve, no, it's a P-H-L-E-G-M. Oh, see, I'm a terrible speller. Phlegm. I don't know these things. See, even PH, PH words also very weird. It's a good start, but again, as you said, when I took Kit Kat's number one in the candy draft, I'd have this like as a mid-round pick. I don't know if it's a top tier pick, but I mean, listen, it's personal preference, I get it. Well, I'm gagging, so I think I chose well. There's two really just screaming at the top of the list for me on my big board here, but I'm going to go with this one because whenever you say this word, and this is basically the word that gave us the idea to do this draft, and it's girth. Girth is a <laughs> disgusting word. I mean, the, the definition, a measurement around, uh, around the middle of something, but we all know what we're talking about when we're measuring girth, right? So you can't use girth other than one specific, I'm not, not going to say it, I'm going to leave it alone. You could, you know, feel free to do your thing, whatever, laugh at it by yourself, but Whenever you bring up the term girth and you're trying to measure the girth of something, everyone's mind instantly goes to one thing. So that's why it's my number one most gross word. I don't think it's a gross word at all. I think it's a funny word. I think it's... girth is funny. I think girthier is better. Girthy. Like when Gold Jr. said a nerve rope was girthy, that was one of the funniest things I've heard in probably like five years. It was. It was. It was a perfect description for it. But tell me your mind instantly. Whenever you, again, he is correct. Nerve ropes are girthy. But. That's not what you think of. That's not where your mind goes. Sure, but there's a lot of words that have a sexual connotation to them that aren't gross. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. This one is very, this is, is a very straight line. It really only has one use as far as people laughing at it. And that's when, whenever when someone says girth, it's, that's what it is, like, unfortunately. Sorry. Okay. Well, I don't think it's gross. So again, I think you went wrong choice there, but all right, number two, I'm pumped that you went girth because I really wanted this one. The word curdle. Curdle's a, a gross word. Yeah, I could curdle. see that. Curdle. One of the reasons that I refuse to eat cottage cheese or even look at cottage cheese is because it's curdled milk. Think about it. The way you say curdled, you imagine it being stale and moldy and just kind of congealing together. Curdle. Uh, curdle is a disgusting, disgusting word. And that's a great, great <laughs> pick by you. Did not have it on my list. So shouts out to you for that one. Um, 
Oh, curdle. I mean, just remove it from your vocabulary. There's no reason we ever need to say curdle again. Yeah, I mean, you, there's really only one way to describe it. It's just milk, right? I don't, I've never heard anyone describe anything other than that. It's just, ugh. I yeah, mean, I'm with you on that. On. All right, how about this one? I think this is actually pretty good and close to curdle. Bulbous. <laughs> <laughs> it, the definition, fat, round, or bulging. Bulbous, what nothing attractive has ever been described <laughs> using the term bulbous. I'll just say that. And instantly, I'm just like, ew. Bulbous. <laughs> Whatever you're describing, you could say, hey, blank is bulbous, and I would be like, it's disgusting. So bulbous to me is an incredibly gross word. I mean, would have never thought of it. Again, don't think it's gross. When you say bulbous, I think of flowers or plants, like the root of, of a plant. <laughs> um, but again, this is subjective. So if you yep. think bulbous is gross, I'm going to let you go for it. Okay, my turn. I don't like words that sound like what they are when they are something that's gross. And so my third pick is pus. Well, pus is gross though. But pus is gross. When you say pus or it's pussy, it sounds, it, <laughs> I want yeah, to I'm, die. I'm cringing. Because it's the grossest thing that I've ever said out loud on this podcast. That word, I don't want to even say it again, but I've said it and it's my number three pick and it is sick. Definitely disgusting. I feel like that might violate the rules a little bit. What is the definition of pus? It's probably like a gross bodily fluid or something. Right, I don't know. Stand by. And by the way, this is my work computer that I'm Googling it. It's all right. Work purposes okay. only. Wait, by the way, the first thing that comes up is cat. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> mm. Is there a different spelling that we're missing? I don't even see the definition. Another one is a person's face or mouth. Okay. Oh, I oh wait. I think it's just, is it just P-U? Okay. Here there it we is. Go. Wait, no. It just says medical term. What does it mean? No, it's P-U-S, one S. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Sick. And then that definition even is disgusting. Sick. Oh my God, Steve. <laughs> I don't even want to read it, but I will. It. Oh my God, I'll read it. It's my pick. So I feel like I need to be the one to take the bullet here. A thick, oh my God, Steve. A thick, <laughs> a thick, whitish yellow fluid that results from the accumulation of white blood cells, liquefied tissue, and cellular debris, commonly a sign of infection or foreign material in the body. I feel like you broke the rules with this one. I feel like I'm going to throw up. That is yes. sick. Pus is something I think of that comes out of a pimple or when you have a wound and it's oozing yellowish, whatever the definition you just gave. Pus is genuinely disgusting. So yes, it fits in the gross word category, but it is a gross thing. It is a gross thing, but it's just a gross word. It's a word that when you say it, even if pus was something that was like the froth on the top of your coffee or something, just saying it's gross and just saying the word sounds gross. It is. It, it doesn't is. even matter that what it is is gross. It is. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Uh, I'll be kind and just. My next one, see, again, I went in a different direction. So we're drafting two different things here, but that could be kind of funny. My next one is leakage. Oh, gross. <laughs> because leakage, technically leakage, the definition is the accidental admission or escape of a fluid or gas through a hole or a crack. So that could be like leakage from a pipe, leakage from your faucet. I mean, it could be anything, but that's not where my mind goes when I think of leakage. I mean, I think, again, another specific hole in the human body is what you think of. And leakage, when everyone says the term leakage, even if they have good intentions, mind instantly goes to the gut. Okay, that's a good one. Again, though, you're thinking of something gross. So the word is gross because of what you assign it to. Yes, but if someone's like, hey, I'm having a leakage problem, and they don't give you any other context, you're going to be like, oh, what? Ugh. And it could be like, it's just my faucet, settle down. You instantly think it's something else. Totally. Sick. Okay, I want to move through this because now I'm supposed to eat dinner here in like 30 minutes. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to. This yeah, no, just... exactly. You've lost your appetite real fast. I'm like full on nausea over here. Okay, so I've got several words left. I think my next word, Steve, my number four pick is going to be splooge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a disgusting word. But again, what is the definition of, I don't even know if I know the definition of splooge. Stand by, I'll give it to you. Okay. Is it even a real word? Yeah. Oh man. 
I'm reading it. Don't read the Urban Dictionary. I just did. It's an abrupt discharge of fluid. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it that's is. disgusting. But the word is gross when people are like, I mean, you could, let's just use it in a different term. Like if you open a thing of yogurt and you know how sometimes it <laughs> If somebody's like, oh my God, this yogurt just splooged everywhere, you're like, ew. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. I just vomited <laughs> in my own mouth. <laughs> but you've heard people say that, right? Like people use that word so casually. And I'm like, uh, what? Jesus. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone use the term splooge other than <laughs> to joke about, you know, getting after it a little bit. Oh, see, I've heard people talk about it like, oh, I've opened this container and it's splooged <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> That is actually a really good one though. Cause when your first reaction to a word is just, ugh, which was what mine was, yeah, that's a yeah. good pick. That's a good pick. So I also think it's the, like the O-G-E, the ooge. Yeah. Because another word that I think is gross that I'm not gonna pick is loogie. And I yeah. feel like loogie and splooge, like that glue sounds like, ugh. Again though, loogie, like loogies are gross. They are, it sounds gross and they are gross. So it is a fitting word. Okay, but do you think that we think it's gross? We think the word is gross because of what it is. Like if the word for loogie was flower, do you think we'd be like, ugh, flower? Well, loogie, whenever you use the term loogie, it's like hawking a loogie. Like men who work in, you know, doing HVAC and fixing pipes and stuff, labormen, <laughs> they're the ones who are like, I gotta go hawk a loogie real quick. Let me get rid of some phlegm. I don't know anyone that uses the term loogie in normal life. One of my friends would never just be like, hey, I gotta go hawk a loogie real quick. Uh, I would hope not, Steve. I would yeah. hope they would not say, hey, I, I need to go hawk a loogie real quick. I gotta spit, you know, I gotta, it's like spitting. That's, I would just say I have to spit. I don't think you need to announce it either way. I don't think you need to say, hey, I've gotta spit. I think you just go politely and discreetly do it. I saw a tweet the other day, by the way, and this will be short, who was someone who was saying, you know what's really weird? The fact that baseball players specifically, but athletes in general, that they just spit all the time. Isn't yeah, that weird? Isn't that weird? Uh, well, they well they usually have you know something in their mouth, seeds, tobacco, something like that. So it becomes part of their muscle memory. It's just part of their routine. Yeah, but I remember growing up playing little league, and you just be like, I don't know, I'm just gonna spit in the dirt, and that was the thing that you did. It was like a habit, and I'm like, why did anyone ever do that? I don't know. Did you do it? Oh yeah, not even with sunflower seeds in my mouth. I was just you just spit. That's what kids do. I don't know. It's weird. All right, next one. Um, I feel like I have to take this one, but it's weird because you haven't, you haven't, I mean, maybe we disagree on this. I don't actually, I think this is a kind of an overrated gross word, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, because if we don't, people are going to get mad. It's moist. Moist is yeah. disgusting. Anything you describe as moist is gross. The definition is slightly wet, damp, or humid. That sounds awful. So moist, <laughs> moist to me is an easy, it's easily in the top five. You know, I did do a lot of research on this and moist is at the top of most people's lists when you talk about gross words or just gross things, period. People say, Ooh, moist is a word that I hate. I don't mind it because I always think of a cake. Mm. You know, I, I think, I, I think like, you're right. For instance, I got a cake brought to me at work today, a delicious carrot cake made by my co-host Randy Carricker, and he makes it on the Traeger grill and the way I would describe it is moist. Yeah, like I said, I think it's an overrated gross word, but it is a little bit gross, I would say. I'm with you, though. If someone described a cake as moist, I'd be like, that's fine. It's okay. It's cool. Okay. Now I really want to make sure that I have this last word correct. So I need yeah, we to got one left. my... One left each. God, I don't want to say these words, which is probably why they're the right answer. I'm going with this one. All right. My last word is scab. <laughs> Scab is actually a really funny word, but again, scabs are gross. You right, look at a scab, ugh, pass. I never want to ever again in my life, but the word itself is gross. It's like that hard B, scab. Scab. Yeah, scab is actually, scab to me is more funny than gross, now that I think about See, it. I, that's what I thought about bulbous. <laughs> bulbous could be fun. I mean, bulbous is funny, but it's also gross. So I guess, listen, there's the Venn diagram, a little bit of each. It's okay. Scab is just like, it's harsh. It's like a scab. I feel like calling someone a scab too should be an acronym for something. Like, oh, he's such a scab. Well, it is. You know, it's a non-union oh. guy. You know oh, that. Oh, right? well, I did not yeah, know that. Scab, scab workers. They what does call, it stand for? Okay, stand by. Again, research is all over this. Because it does sound like, like, oh, he's such a scab. So, remember when I told you about how Hoosier came about? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, a strike breaker 
in a derogatory sense is called a scab, is a person who works despite an ongoing strike. Scabs are individuals who are not employed by the company prior to the union dispute, but rather hired after or during the strike to keep an organization running. Why do they call them scabs? The term scab was first used in the 13th century to mean a nasty, itchy skin disease or the crust ugh, that forms on a wound. By 1806, the word scab arrived at its current meaning, a strike breaker who willingly crosses the picket line. So they already say that because that's how Hoosier came about. So in St. Louis, there was a union strike and they brought in a bunch of scab workers from Indiana to fill those spots. So people around here started calling them Hoosiers in a derogatory way, saying, hey, you guys are scabs. You came in and kept this organization going at the time. I love I mean, that. I don't even know what it was. Let me, again, research all over this. By the way, shout out to this pod for just educating you, by the way. We educated you on remake movies. Now, we're, this is basically like the NBC More You Know special right now here. Now we're educating you on the history of scabs and people breaking party lines to break protests and strikes. Yeah. Get a podcast really that can do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to know about feet pics? We got you. You want to know about... <laughs> Labor uh, unions and strikes. <laughs> we you got go. you too. We got you too. Okay, hang on. Oh, got it. This is so St. Louis, okay? All right, Steve, research has gotten back to me. I can Love tell it. you exactly what happened in St. Louis. So this goes back to the 1930s. There was a union struggle at Anheuser-Busch, and the brewery hired non-union workers from Indiana during a labor strike at AB. So here in St. Louis, Hoosier became a derogatory term. That means essentially low budget, low class, just a bad person. So that's why Hoosier, it happened at the brewery here in St. Louis, which is so, so, so St. Louis. We always bring it back to St. Louis on the pod. Come on, of course. Hey, if you can bring it back to Hall, I'm going to bring it back to my roots, all right? All right, I'm struggling because I have three. I don't know if you would necessarily agree with them, but I'll give you them all. But I'll, for my last pick, I'll go with this one. Pulsating. Pulsating. First off, pulsating. Ugh. The mental image of something pulsating is disgusting. And even the word itself, to pulsate, ugh, like, yeah, pass. Like, it's, not I like, think... it's not quite like phlegm, but the idea of it in my head when someone says, some, when someone will describe something as pulsating, I instantly am just like, that's disgusting. Ew. Do you think throbbing is gross? No, because I feel like throbbing can be more of uh, an injury or like a, an ailment to you. Like, oh, my head is throbbing. Whereas pulsating to me is a little bit more disgusting and gross. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, again, I am not as offended by pulsating, but I know why you're bringing it up. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a clear theme, I think, in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of mine here. Um, I have to say, okay, I want to do this really quickly. Looking at all of your words, I think the grossest word you have is leakage. Leakage is just a nasty word. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. I still think bulbous is nasty. I think bulbous is just funny. Uh, I think phlegm is a really good one for you because it's not, Yeah. it's a gross thing, but you're right. The pH, the GM, Everything about, like, the way it looks on a page. If you saw phlegm when you're reading something, it just looks bad, period. Right. Everything yeah. about it's gross. So it's a good call by you. Thank you. Thank you. But leakage is also sickening. So I'm glad that, I'm so glad that this is over because it was fun to do the research. Really, I hated every second of this. Like, every word that oh, we I said made me want to throw up. Well, I have two more really quickly for a uh, honorable oh, great, mention. Please. So tell me, tell, me if, tell me if any of these should have made mine. I don't know why, because it's not the definition, but the word succulent is disgusting to me. <laughs> I don't know why. Like a, like a baby cactus? Like a piece of fruit, describing it as succulent. Ugh, no, ugh, oh, no, like a succulent so peach. you about like mm -mm. a succulent you get from a- No, not succulents, something. right? Succulent, yeah, right. Like, a, like the, yeah, exactly. Tender, juicy, and tasty is the definition of that. And the other one that I had is orifice. Orpus is a disgusting oh, word. Gross. It's oh, a really gross word. Yeah. So yeah, those are my two honorable mentions. Man, you should have really thrown orifice in there because there's no, there's no non-gross way to use that in a sentence. The definition of that is an opening as of a pipe or a tube or one in the body, such as a nostril or in the anus. <laughs> orifice. Also, gross word, nostril. Nostrils pretty gross too. I mean, nostrils are gross. Ew. It's, think about it. Ugh. Just the word itself, nostril. Nostril. It's nasal. Gross. Nasal's a gross word. Ugh. 
Oh my God, especially when you say it, nasal. Uh, nasally, anyone with a nasally voice, terrible, great. Yes, anything to do with the nose, gross, disgusting. Oh, okay, so let's run through our final selections, our squads. My gross words in the gross word draft are phlegm, curdle, pus, splooge, and scab. And See, I hate them all so they're much. They're all bad. They're all bad because a lot of them are actually gross things. But yes, you did a great job there. I would say all of yours are disgusting. Um, <laughs> mine are girth, which again, could be more funny than not. Leakage, bulbous, moist. And I think, you know what? I should substitute orifice for pulsating. I'll do orifice instead of pulsating. Orifice and is I'll disgusting. It. Yeah, it's, it's a bad disgusting. one. It's <laughs> disgusting. And I will allow it. It's so wow. sick. I feel, I got to take a shower after this podcast. My goodness. I know. I literally am supposed to eat like a feast dinner here in like a half hour. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I seriously yeah. feel like I want to throw up. Just don't think of phlegm and orifices and bulbuses. <laughs> or nostrils. Ew. Or nostrils. No. Ew. Anyway. Okay, well, let's turn this thing around, Steve, and let's end it on a positive note. Now that we've grossed everyone out, and honestly, if you've made it to this part of the podcast, shout out to you. Congrats. For sticking through this. You are a day one real one. You have made it to this point. Okay, see, so let's end this, like I said, on a positive note, and let's do some A-plus content. We haven't done A-plus content in a while. We wanted to do it for the 100th episode, but then we got Rissolo to jump on at the end, and that went longer than expected. So A-plus content, hit the cutting room floor, and we've had it kind of on deck for a while. So I will let you go first, Steve. What is some A-plus content that you've been consuming lately? All right. I've got two things. One is a movie, and the other one is an album. I'll start with the movie first, because I saw it, uh, I think, about a month ago or so, and it was awesome. I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. Have you heard of the movie Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, Christina Milioti, and J.K. Simmons? It's on Hulu, I believe. I have not, but I read an article about how great it was. It is so good, Michelle. It is so good. It's kind of like a, a, a take on Groundhog's Day. So basically they keep reliving the same day over and over again, but it's a little bit more of a sci-fi twist, but it is so funny. And J.K. Simmons is the perfect character for the guy that he plays in this movie. I kind of put it on. It's just like, I don't know. It's funny. I like Andy Samberg. I put the movie on and see how good it is. And it was awesome. I cannot recommend it enough. It's really unique, really funny. Best movie that I've watched in the whole quarantine period. Wow, yes. that is some high praise. That yes. is some A plus plus kind of. Yep. Great popcorn movie. Just to sit back, significant other, have a good laugh, but it also has some substance to it. Highly recommend Palm Springs. Okay, very and like J.K. Simmons is awesome. Everybody loves J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I mean, again, like about George Clooney. If you don't like J.K. Simmons, I don't like you. Great way to put that. Yes. I recently, you said this was on Hulu, mm-hmm. the movie. I think so. I yeah. watched a show on Hulu that I really enjoyed called Normal People. Ugh, I know, ugh. Is that the one that like everyone's just having sex all the time? It's like really sexual and aggressive. I mean, I wouldn't say it's all the time. It is a love story. Yes, there were some moments, there were some PG-13 moments in Normal People, but I just thought it was a great depiction of a complicated love story and about how two people who come from two totally different backgrounds can have an immediate bond with one another and they show intimacy between two people on a lot of different levels and how that intimacy can stay with you throughout different stages of your life and how sometimes you can have a relationship with someone even though the circumstances aren't perfect and that you can leave people and come back to them at different times. I just thought it was really, really well done and it was shot really well. I really love the cinematography of it. It's kind of dark, isn't it? Not only the message of it, but also the way it looks is dark. Yeah, it's kind of cloudy and gray. It's based in Ireland. It's kind of got like a cloudy gray overtone to it the entire time. My wife watched it. And every time I would go downstairs, there was like hardcore sex happening every single time. And I'm like, what is happening right now? What are we we doing here? Uh, So that's the only thing I know about the show. But I have heard a few people say that it is good. So I mean, probably not for me, but I'll allow it. It's one of those things where I watch one episode I watched this because Maddie suggested it to me by go. the way and well Sally Rooney wrote the book and I haven't read the book but I loved conversations with friends the other Sally Rooney book so I thought you know I could read the book first but I'll just watch the show and it was one of those things where after the first episode I was hooked I had to know what happened with these two characters I was cheering for them I wanted them to end up together even though both of them made different mistakes along the way And I think that it's just a really great illustration of the flaws that are in people and the flaws that are in relationships and 
how sometimes the flaws are what makes it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, listen, I, some things. again, admittedly not for me, but that doesn't mean it's not great. So shouts out to, what is it called? What is it? Normal, normal people? people. Normal, normal people. Normal yeah. People. And also shouts out to Hulu. Good content. Back to back Hulu things here. Shout out Hulu. Thanks a lot. Uh, sponsor the pod. What's up? <laughs> All right. My other one, my last one here is, uh, I actually think I've talked about him before. Dominic Fike. He's a musician. You know yeah. him? Okay. Three so he nights, sang, he right? sang Three Nights. That song blew yeah. up on the, on the alt charts. He just came out with his first album. I think it was like last week. First full length album. It is such a cool blend of a million different genres, Michelle. It's literally like 10 different genres. It's hip hop, it's pop, it's R&B, it's alt rock. There's like a little bit of 90s. There's a little bit of grunge. It even has some old school Beck vibes to it. It's really, really cool, really unique. You have to be in a kind of a chill mood because it's all kind of on one level. It doesn't get too high, it doesn't get too low, but it's one of those things if like you're having a cocktail or you're at the beach, you're on a long drive and you throw this album on, it's really, really good. And for a first full length album from this guy, I think he's from like Naples, Florida or something. It is one of the most unique and cool vibe albums I've listened to in a long time. So shouts out Dominic wow. Fike. The album's called What Could Possibly Go Wrong? What Could Possibly Go Wrong? I love it. I will have to put it on as soon as we're done with this to elevate my mood so I'm not thinking of gross words. It's not quite as artsy as Taylor Swift's folklore, but it's up there. Oh, wow. Okay, good to know. Okay, Steve, my last thing, and we were very positive there for about a good three minutes, and I'm going to take it to kind of a serious tone, but I love the New York Times. I am a New York Times subscriber. I read it every day. I love, love, love to bookmark things and on a Saturday morning, get a great cup of coffee and just dive in to different things that the Times has written. I love the New York Times Magazine. And I read this unbelievable piece that they did recently about global warming and migration and about how the changes in our climate is going to cause great migration across the world. It's one of those things that when you read the digital format of it, as you scroll, I'm going to scroll it, Steve, so that you can see, but it has the graphics that come up. Oh, I like illustrate those. Yeah. As you're doing it. So it has essentially pictures of the world. And so as you're reading about increasing climates, it's showing the parts of the world where it's increasing. And then it's depicting for you in real time how this migration is going to happen and it's already happening and how it will continue to happen over the next 30 years. But It's just a very eye-opening piece about how a lot of these communities in different parts of South America and across the world are dependent on agriculture and how because of rising temperatures, they can't produce the crops that they need, not only from a business standpoint, but from a sustainability standpoint, you know, to live there and to provide for themselves from a sustenance perspective. But it was just really interesting and sad and heartbreaking to read about how some of these people are having to make these decisions and will continue to have to make these decisions about uprooting their families to move to different parts of the world so that they can survive and how that's going to be something that America has to deal with really from an immigration standpoint for the next 30 years. No, it sounds like a really great thing and I'll definitely check it out, but I do exclusively get my climate change information from Zach Efron. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I could <laughs> cheat on him on this one. <laughs> You know what? I wonder if Zach has read this. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? Hopefully he has. I've seen, I haven't seen that one, but you're right. The New York Times, when they do those infographic things that like where you scroll are really cool. Okay, Steve, I'm just going to read to you the first two graphics and this illustrates what I'm talking about. It says, today, 1% of the world is a barely livable hot zone. And then the graphic changes. And it says by 2070, that portion could go up to 19%. Damn. See, when you put it in hard numbers like that, I feel like when people talk about climate change, it's just like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'll push it off. It's not going to be something that I'm going to deal with. Or like they don't see the immediate impact of it. But when you put actual dates and like what numbers and like real numbers behind it, it is pretty daunting and scary. By 2070, 19% of earth will be unlivable. That's not that far away. No, and that's not even, and the crazy thing too, and you know, I'm not some climate change guy, but obviously I, I know that it's a problem and a thing, but the idea too is like, okay, 19% are unlivable or uninhabitable or whatever the word you used was. That means that all the other zones around there have changed drastically too. So it's a really scary daunting task that people should probably read up on. For real. More. A lot more. Well, here's the thing that really struck me. In the most extreme climate scenarios, more than 30 million migrants would head towards the U.S. border over the course of the next 30 years. 30 million people over the next 30 years. And that's on top of 
the population and the continuation of the population that already exists here. Yeah, so you think the world is already kind of overpopulated and you think right. that there are less inhabitable places? That doesn't spell a good uh, good future, but recycle, reuse things, like do all <laughs> that. What's up? I'm Bubba, who we used to work with, by the way, it was a big recycle guy and he has made Huge me recycle. a big recycle guy. So shouts out to Bubba. Um, Shout out yeah, Bubba. Just do your part. Come on, it's not that hard. Yeah, come on. As Bill Belichick says, do your job, all right? Everybody just do your job. And we are obviously not experts on this, but that's why I think it's important for me at least to read things like this that are heavily and thoroughly researched and that talk to leading people in the climate change field. It was something that I read and it it has really struck a chord with me Mm -hmm. because you think about climate change and you think about rising temperatures, you think about glaciers melting, you think about the polar bears, you think about all of these different things, but you don't think about the people who are living in these places that are becoming unlivable and where will they go? Yeah. They talk about the human suffering that could happen as a result of this. And it's a crisis. It's an, it's an impending crisis, Steve. And as if I didn't need anything else in 2020, this is what keeps me awake. I at know. Night. Sorry to end on a downer here, but <laughs> hey, worth, worth the mention, at least for sure. <laughs> worth the mention. But I just think people should read it because it was, yeah. a, it was really well done with the graphics and everything. And I'm sure people are not going to like that I said that. There are going to be some people that don't like that I said that, but just read it. I'm not even saying you have to believe it. Believe everything you read, but I just think it's worth a read. Yeah, you should always, I mean, listen, this isn't like a hot take. Read people who disagree with you and get differing opinions. I could feel the way I feel about something. It doesn't mean that I want to be in this echo chamber. That's what you, you should strive to hear people with different opinions. That should be your life motto. That's how you grow and and make yourself into a better person and a more educated person. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything everybody says, but just hear people out. That's it. And you know what? I think that's so important that you said that because I think we've gotten away from that. Nobody wants to listen to anybody anymore. And instead of just hearing what we said, which was simply, hey, this is a piece of content that I read that I really didn't know a lot about that I thought was interesting and important and maybe give it a read if you feel like it. Some people won't like that. They just don't even want to hear anything that's different from what they already think are that Yeah, and you're right. And that's, it's not even political. It's literally every side. Every side of the equation is, you know, kind of feels like they're comfortable in their own bubble and they don't want to go out and if they don't want to hear opinions from anyone that they don't deem as, you know, being in the right or something that they may be saying that they don't agree with. It's okay to disagree with people, man. Just know what the different perspectives are. That's all we're saying. Yeah. It's weird because I remember growing up, people welcomed more of a debate or more, I would say more conversation. We have in so many ways as a society lost the art of conversation, whether it's texting or social media or the fact that we don't speak to one another the way that we used to, or the fact that when we do speak, we don't listen to each other. It's never, you say something, I receive it. I process it. And then I respond. It's before you're even done, I'm jumping to tell you why you're wrong. And I just, I miss the old school style of conversations. That's true. You're hundred percent right. But I also think it's one of those things too, where what resonates now are the extremes of both sides. Right. And, you know, so again, this isn't even political because it's, it's on both sides of the aisle. It's on whatever side you want to be on or whatever side you feel like you're on, but everyone feels like they have to outdo the other person for whatever the thing is. If, If someone says, Hey, you know, there's two apples over there. It's like, no, there's three or there's four. Or somebody's like, no, there's negative two. Nobody could ever agree. And whatever the most extreme person is yelling the loudest is the one that gets the most attention. And that to me is sort of hurt people being just genuinely educated about things that are affecting their lives. Well, Steve, on that note, I would like to apologize to you. I didn't want to hear what you had to say about raising nets and I should have just listened. I should have processed what yeah. you were telling me and I should have maybe then came to my own conclusion after I heard what you had to say, but I already in my mind was like, nope, he's wrong. Shut it down. Let's not talk about it. So I apologize. I really, yeah, you know what? Wild take, maybe just say, Hey, I'm going to try a raisinette. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I'm going to try it. You know what, Steve, in your honor, I'm going to give it another go. Yes. There you go. We're just bringing people together on this podcast. There we go. Think about Taylor Swift. How long did I say I was not a Taylor Swift fan? Everybody said, listen to folklore. I went in with an open mind and here I come out saying I thought it was great. It doesn't change my total opinion on her and on the the complete catalog and of what we had seen out of her prior, but I am open to changing my opinion. And that is growth. Look at you. We need more of that, Michelle. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get to a review, Steve. Well, what a weird podcast this has been. And to think I even threw out potentially talking about the Cardi B, Megan The Stallion song, WAP. I was like, should we talk about this? That could have been in this podcast. It's not going to be, but it could have been. I think probably rightfully so. WAP has broke the internet. I have nothing to say about it. That's all. I just wanted to know if you had an opinion on it. We talked about it. All good. It is what it is. Shouts out to Cardi B. Shout out Cardi and shout out Megan The Stallion. And apparently uh, Kylie, Kylie Jenner. Yeah, people were not pleased with that petitions on the internet, hundreds of thousands of people saying, get her out the video. That was crazy. 
yeah i don't understand why people don't well i guess i take that back i understand why people don't like her yeah a lot of people are very anti that kardashian machine the whole issue is what she's not like a self-made billionaire right that wasn't she was listed as a self-made billionaire people are like what are you talking about she's not a self-made billionaire she's had all this help and i don't know that became a thing like a couple years ago yeah i think a lot of people were mad because in the video it was cardi was making the stallion they had you know rosalia who i love they had normani they had all of these other women in there who have they've built successful careers in the avenue that they have chosen and i think the one that was featured the most was kylie jenner and people kind of had an issue with that mm, because yeah. of what you're saying i think yeah. people were like why is she here she's not a a strong female and cardi said disagree here disagree well, let's get to a review. We'll close this out. This one says, listening in Buffalo, five stars. Hey, Michelle, longtime listener. I go back to SVP and Rosillo. Love you guys. I feel like part of the family. I travel a lot, so I listen to all the pods you guys do. I wish Saruti luck on finding a new gig. Always five stars from me. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Go Blues. Go Ryan O'Reilly. Rick. And then he writes down at the bottom, Rick from Buffalo again, hearing Rosillo bartender stories are great. I've had a side bartending gig for 20 years and Rosillo always nails it, LOL. Yeah, the Rosillo bartender story, I had known about that for a while, about him circling red dates in the Red Sox calendar for a while. Uh, glad we got that one to the light of day. I don't know if he had told that one before, but uh, shout out to the good reviews. Always appreciate people uh, telling us that they like listening and we're glad uh, we could bring it to you. And shout out Rick and Buffalo. Shout out Buffalo. Thank you for listening to us while you're working. Yeah, and go Blues. Go Ryan O'Reilly. Steve, we got a big game tonight. Game one of the playoffs versus the Canucks. It's the playoffs already? Yeah, it's the playoffs. I don't know anything about hockey, sorry. Let's go Blues. That's all you need to know is let's go Blues. LGB. LGB, we are Huge Blues fan. Let's go. Huge Blues guy. Well, I'm going to wrap this up so that I can get to watching the blues and trying to choke down some dinner after we've grossed everyone out all right well thank you to everyone for listening thank you steve this was an interesting podcast we will be back in action next week but until then remove curdle from your vocabulary i can't get leakage out of my head thanks for listening to small talk subscribe on apple podcasts or the podcast one app